Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Murat, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the ToddCast Show. Today, we're joined by our guest, John Kimball. Good afternoon, John. How are you today? Hey, well, I'm good, man. Bless yourself. Uh, doing all right, man. Hanging in there, dude. Yeah. You know, somewhere between trying to survive and doing great. <laughs> yeah. You know, and where are you calling from, if I could ask? Uh, Sims 4, Louisiana, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Did you say Shreveport? Uh, Simsport. Yeah. Oh, Simsport. Wow. I've never heard of that. What's it like down there? Um, just a bunch of like mojo heads and shit. You know, that's what's in Sims. That's what's happening in Simsport pretty much. A small town. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I kind of miss living in a small town. I used to, and then I moved to, to Las Vegas and it ain't small here. <laughs> Not at all. And were you born there or where were you born? Yeah, that's where I was born. I actually, I'm adopted, but that's where I was. Uh, grew always grew up at. I'm Cuban descendant. My birth dad is Cuban. I don't know him or my mother or my siblings, but yeah, I've always grew up in Louisiana. That's where I was born and raised. Wow, brother. Um, wow, that's heavy, man. Um, if you don't mind me just kind of tapping into it, what's it like to be adopted? Like. How does it feel? And like, did you have uh, advantages or disadvantages growing up that way? No, I mean, I'm an only child, and I mean, it was just normal shit. Just you know, I just keep always stay forward, progressing. So I really don't get deep into that. I used to get deep into that, and used to like mm-hmm. hate my birth mother and shit like that. But it's all good, you know. It was mm-hmm. right when I came out the womb when I got adopted. More like my bigger sister was adopted when she was like nine so i'm kind of on the fortunate side of that 
Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I've always wondered what that was like. Um, I uh, unfortunately have two brothers that don't talk to me, and um, it's, I don't know, dude, there's something about that, you know, feeling of, like, loss that's deep, man. So, like, it's good that you worked through that. Yeah. Um, who were you adopted by when uh, when you were first uh, thrown out of the womb into this crazy world? Yeah, bro. I mean, it was the parents I have now still and it was a I mean it's a nice home right of course I mean loving and caring family actually believe it or not my sister my birth sister I never talked to her she texted me like two weeks ago like recently and I never talked to her before ever and then we started talking for like that night and then she left me on delivered ever since then like two weeks ago I'm just like oh who the fuck cares (laughs) so I mean you know so that's crazy but but I eventually do plan on meeting maybe my mom and stuff one day. But for now, um, the parents that I'm adopted by now is pretty, you know, it's a nice, 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 loving, caring family. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I don't know a lot, lot about you, but um, tell us how old you are. Yeah, I'm 18. I just turned 18 on the 31st. Right on, man. Very cool. And happy late birthday. Um. So let me ask you this. What was it like growing up in uh, Louisiana as a small child? Tell us the earliest memory that you can remember from your existence. Uh, the earliest memory I could uh, ever think of is, I don't know, just watching a squirrel eat out of some, some lady's purse at the world. <laughs> Actually, I was a baby. I was like three or four. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy, man. And having no siblings, you had a mother and father, correct, that adopted you? Yes, yes. And I'm the only child in this, in this family. I mean, I got, a oh, like I said, an older sister I don't know, a younger sister, and a little brother I don't know. Wow. We all have different dads. And uh, I think that's why we got adopted, because our mother was not in the condition whatsoever to take care of us. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, God bless her for doing the right thing, man. Yeah. It gave you a chance, and, you know, for that, I'm guessing you're quite fortunate and thankful, right? Right, of course. Right on, man. So tell us a little bit about what your childhood was like growing up, and what was uh, what was your experience, some uh, memories, good and bad, uh, from early life? Yeah, so like I said, I grew up in a very poor uh, Christian-based home. However, I had a friend... His older brother was the biggest known drug dealer in the city that we lived in, wow. like Marksville, Louisiana. Him and his two brothers were like moving massive amounts of, uh, like weight, you know, of uh, weed and selling that. Mm-hmm. And eventually got busted for a huge drug raid or something. And I became friends with his little brother. And, you know, like I always believe in your vibe attracts your tribe. You know, who you hang around is representation of you yourself. So I started hanging around him, even though. I had good habits. My thoughts still got influenced by their behavior and hanging around with them. So I started going down that route as well. So we started, it all really eventually started with gang violence. We would, me and him, we'd always like smoke dope and then get involved with some other people and then always trying to fight them and pulling out knives during the fight. And it just got so involved with that type of stuff. And then that eventually led down the criminal route. And I actually got, I actually stopped believing in God. Even though I grew up in a Christian-based home, I stopped believing in him. But the moment that he got reinduced back into my life was when me and 
my buddy, that guy, was going to fight this one dude, and they were going to get 22 people to jump us that night. And that's how many people we counted. It was like 22 people around us. And I was just, no. In that moment, I believed in God. I just started praying, praying to him. And then he called it off, luckily. So that 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 really was a pinnacle in my life. But that never stopped. You know, I got arrested for possession of a deadly weapon, possession of stolen goods, possession of illegal drugs, fleeing from police, and breaking and entering. Because ultimately, all we cared about was drugs. And... I really, we really needed money that night for drugs. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just rob this house. So I did like three times in that one day and got the money. But it would always just drugs heavily enforced by that. That really caused me to go down that wrong path. And that's what started it. How old were you when you were doing that kind of stuff? I was like 15. This was like recent, like two years ago. Wow, dude. Ever been in jail? No, I got put in handcuffs, and we were really smart with who we were messing with, so we really didn't go, and he dropped charges and shit like that. But I had to go to the juvie court, and uh, I got, like, a little punishment there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit, because I want to capture some of what led to this, like... How did you end up, aside from just being friends with this guy's little brother, like, it sounds like you were raised in a home that would have led you down a different path. Like, let's let's kind of understand that a little bit just so that I can get an idea of how it all went wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I was always very heavily uh, influenced by things. And when I would do something, it would be all at once. Like, I would just redline it. Even the guy that arrested me was like, damn, man, no kid has ever done what you done this much in this short amount of time like usually they lead up to it little by little but you just did everything at one time so so i was just influenced by that that lifestyle of like like that gang so on uh quote-unquote gangster the lifestyle and i don't know i just love the adrenaline rush of doing all that and that was just heavily influ- influenced on me and it led me down that path really okay but like um you know, through your uh, preteen years and things like that, what was going on in your life before all that stuff? Uh, honestly, like what? Oh, honestly, in the in the household, I mean, honestly, nothing. Like we had everything was common, everything in the household <clears throat> and stuff like that. However, yeah, I would always, I would always get in fights, and like I said, I would always get in fights, and I would love doing that, and it would be like. Like a shitload of fights with like multiple people and then me and him, my buddy, like I said, that guy, you know, we would be like team up and stuff like that. So I think that's what I just I just love fighting. I think that's what originally started everything was that. Mm-hmm. And then we would always uh, steal stuff from like the school and shit and then sell it and then resell it, stuff like that. We would always do that stuff. Wow, man, that is crazy. What were your parents uh, doing and thinking at those times when you were going through all that stuff? Well, at that time, they didn't know anything about that. But really, when I started doing the big stuff, like like robbing the houses and then drinking and all this shit, that's when they really found out. And, oh, man, they were heavily impacted by it. I mean, my mom had to get on medication because of all the stuff I was doing and all the pain I was causing to her. You know, and ultimately that pain led to the prerequisite of my successes now. But 
at that time, it didn't see as clear, of course, but it really heavily affected them. And I never seen my dad cry ever before. I was like, you know, but the moment I seen him, saw him cry was the moment that he found out I was doing everything. And I was like, damn, that really had, like he was sitting on the edge of my bed, just like pouring out tears. And that was really affecting me heavily because that's how they reacted to it. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. And uh, at that point in time, did you realize that, you know, you were going to make a change or were you still kind of in that dark world in your mind? No, I was still in that dark world, man, because this is what ultimately happened. I saw all the pain I was causing to my people of all the criminal shit I was doing. I mean, my mom found packs of uh, Percocets and Zans with price tags on them, and she knew I was selling. And she was like, whoa, where did this come from? She was just so confused, and she found just bottles of liquor hidden in the closet, just stuff like that. And really, that led to me down a path of depression because I was causing all that pain to her. And I ultimately had all these suicidal thoughts and because of all the shit I was causing. And I was like, Ma, I need to get help. Like, I ultimately reached out for help because after one night of drinking, me and my friend went out and we was on this dude's property and I cursed him out, threatened to kill him and everything. And we was just drinking. And then that's the night that my dad slammed the door in my face saying, that I needed to go, like, maybe you need to go to a psych ward or a mental hospital or something. And he was just saying I was fucked up, which I was. So that's where I had gotten admitted into because, man, they had to put me somewhere because I was just being a menace out there in the streets, just causing a whole bunch of problems. And they wanted to diagnose me actually as a sociopath in there because of all the stuff I was doing. I mean, my dad was sitting like i said crying and i was so fucked up to the point where i would record him crying and then use it later just to look at it i don't know why i was just messed up at the time and then i would tell my parents i would literally tell them i don't really care about you guys' feelings but at that time i never believe in labels like that at that time i was participating in actions that maybe labeled me as a sociopath but i never was an actual sociopath just like now I'm partaking in the actions and habits that are strictly aligned with the person that I want to become for my family to bring my 10.0 version of myself to them. So that's what I am because uh, my actions are strictly aligned with that. You know, when I feel it physically. Very cool, man. Um, and yeah, like part of being a sociopath is you don't have any feeling, but it sounds like you've had feeling about things, right? Yeah, of course, man. They all say, I mean, they just throw out shit out there in the hospitals. But honestly, like I say, it's like you're participating in the actions at that time, right? Because I was drinking so heavily. I had a mouthpiece before the psych ward, and I chewed it up so bad. And I got admitted in there. And I had to go inside of a special place, inside of the, um, the psych unit. And then it was just... I mean, they were observing me through a window and checking on me every five minutes, shining a flashlight in my eye and slamming a metal door. And I couldn't sleep. I was on like a paper thin mat. And at that time, I reflected because, like I said, I tried to take my life twice. I tried to kill myself twice. I tried to dislocate my throat from my neck. And Ooh. I had a death notes written out to everybody. And I was, I was really determined. So 
during that time of isolation, I reflected because a man's most use, useful when he travels alone because he reflects more. So I really started reflecting on everything I'd done. And that's when I started really developing habits that reconstructed my mindset and put me in a greater frequency and state at that time that alleviated any of that past regret or that past regression that I had. And instead of running away from the pain, you couldn't go to anything in there that made you run away from it. You know, money doesn't exist in there. And in that, like, isolation place, I couldn't drink. I couldn't do any of this shit. So I was just there indulging the pain with myself. And I was really had time to reflect on it and call myself out on everything I was doing wrong. And that's where it really changed. Wow, dude. That's amazing. And especially at such a young age, I'm very inspired by you. Um, just to touch bases on this for a minute. Um, and honestly, man, like I think wisdom comes from, you know, places that don't necessarily have to be old, like, you know, so when we think about wisdom, sometimes, you know, it's like an old guy with a big gray beard and, you know, all that bullshit. But honestly, I think that you have wisdom and I'm going to throw something at you here real quick and see what you have to say. <clears throat> so I, I suffer from depression. And um, I've really been trying to deal with it a lot more than, you know, I ever thought I would have to deal with it. And it, it keeps coming up, especially around the holidays. And it's because my family dogged me, dude. Like, everybody died. And um, the three people that are left are my two brothers and my mom. And when my grandmother died, you know, uh, suddenly, let's say, um, my brothers and my mom just took off and didn't want anything to do with me, man. And like, they wouldn't talk to me or anything. And that crushed me, man. Like, um, you know, losing my grandma was bad enough, but then my family turning their back on me and pretty much kicking me out of the family. Like, um, uh, I've never recovered from it. It's been 13, 14 years now since that happened. And I'm still sitting here tearing up about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just think it's a tough thing. So like, I just wonder, and especially for people listening, if they struggle, struggle with depression, I want to be honest and real about it. Cause I know that it's our instinct to hide these things and not to show weakness and to, to try to pretend that everything's okay when it's really not. And, uh, I just wonder if you could speak to that a little bit and tell me what you think and some advice maybe for not just me, but anybody listening that struggles with depression in that way. Yeah, I got it. So, when I was laying in the bed before I got admitted in the psych unit, I I was cutting my wrist, cutting the fuck out of my wrist. And then I was like, I was like, what are you doing with that knife? I'm like, I'm going to kill myself with it. I'm like, you better take it away from me. Like, I was really trying to get attention and everything, but I was really serious. I mean, I was, I was really determined on that. And I somewhat know where you're coming from. But like I said, my birth parents, I mean... Obviously, our mom had nothing to do with us. You know, they threw us and kicked us to the curb because she was, well, we all have different dads and everything. And, like, completely just gone out of our life. And my grandparents also are dead because obviously I got adopted and parents are way older now. But what I say about depression is, all it is, is past regression it's something in the past, just like anxiety is forward projection of something that may never come and pass. Regression is something in the past that already came. But if you stay forward progressing in the present moment, always working towards your purpose and something in the future, you'll never pass regress or forward project into anything 
depression or anxiety. When I have my clients, and when he comes in because he's dealing with a problem for depression, I just want to fucking smack him because I'm like, dude, let me get your diet right and your training right, and you will not even think about that shit because you'll be so focused on personal development and bettering yourself mentally and physically that you'll construct this unbreakable mindset of just discipline, consistency, and you'll be so focused on growth and working towards yourself bettering at 1% every day planting them little seeds that grow over time within yourself that eventually at the end of the year constructs an unbreakable motherfucker. Because me, yeah. I try to kill myself twice, dude. I had depression like a motherfucker. I mean, I wrote the, the death notes out to everybody. I had a shotgun shells and a shotgun underneath my mattress because I was done. I wanted to blow my brains out. But ultimately, what I thought of that really saved me was I woke up from the couch one day after a bad hangover, I drank alcohol, snorted some pills, smoked some weed, and I ran. Because this is why I preach my program right. Because it actually saved my life. I ran, and that put me in flow state. That's one of the things I teach in my program, is flow state. is peak physical performance, getting your heart rate up, right? Getting your blood oxidation level up so you can tap into that higher frequency. I did that, and I was talking to myself. My self-talk was directly aligned with the person that I wanted to become. And those two things combined made me realize in that moment and made me tap into a deeper frequency that elevated my mindset and made me, was a, it was a huge pinnacle in my life because it made me realize all I was doing wrong. Like I said, I got admitted in the psych ward. They try to put me on therapists, meds. They try to send me to rehab. I was like, no, I don't need that. I said all I needed to do and all I did was run in the bathroom, look in that self-accountability mirror, call myself out on everything I was doing wrong, calling myself selfish, a selfish, selfish bitch of a man because I was so focused on my own feelings of something that happened in the fucking past. I needed to move past it and really focus on something to progress on it in the future because people need my help. People need your help. They need to hear your story. So I do it. And I think about if I killed myself, the impact I have now on others would have never been there because I would have been gone. It's not about you. You know, that's what I say. Whenever I think and get in that selfish mindset of depression, I'm like, it's not about you, motherfucker. It's about who you can help. It's about how you can overcome it and what clarity you can gain from that problem. It's a law of clarity. If you've experienced some shit and if you've been on the lowest lows, you will experience the highest of highs once you then elevate yourself. You're so right, dude. Um, there's something about you saying motherfucker that kind of makes me tap into what you're saying. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, dude. Um, Impression. That's what I needed. That's how I talked to myself. I wasn't laying on the goddamn couch after a hangover after my parents were just bawling their eyes out like, oh, it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll get up, we'll do... I'm like, no, motherfucker, get up and do this shit. This is for them. Look at all the goddamn pain you're causing to them. You know, you selfish bitch. You know, you're doing mm -hmm. this because of your wants and desires. Because you're... Like, like a man is not supposed to be in his goddamn feelings. And he's supposed to be getting up regardless of how he feels. Regardless of how the fuck you feel, you get up and you do what you have to do as a man. And you have to better yourself every day so you can give that person... To the world because what you most wish to receive inside yourself internally is what's most needed to be externally given onto others so when you give that what you wish to receive in, in yourself to other people you in return will get exponential 
growth and wisdom and clarity. Mm, very interesting. Um, and, and such, you know, insight for such a youthful approach, man, like, cause you're pretty young, you know, but like when you get older, you know, do you think that, uh, just from your perception of this, um, do you think it's harder to manage? Cause like, that's the other thing. It's like, for me, it seems like it should be easy just to shake it. But, you know, for me, family always seemed to be forever and it means a lot to me. And, you know, uh, I didn't lose it till I was in my thirties, you know? So like everything was great until my grandma died. And, you know, there's some bad things that happened, um, that I won't, talked about but like you know my my family totally changed man and so i felt like i was living in a lie and like i don't know dude there's something about all that that's harder to deal with man i think than the normal type stuff and like it just really has fucked with my head a lot for many many years you know uh so i'm just wondering like um, what do you say again i said yeah no i, I understand what were you about to say Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I'd like to hear what you think about that. Yeah. Cause an older person with that, you know, and I'm hearing you dude. And like, I want to start, you know, kicking myself in the ass the same way you're talking. Cause that's, that's good, man. I, I like where you're coming from. And you know, the hardcore approach is really uh, needed sometimes with a hardcore problem. So I, I like where you're, where you're, you know, laying it down. So, you know, yeah, of course. Well, this is the thing, right? I had people in the psych ward that actually felt like family. I mean, it's not really blood. Family's not related to blood. Dude, I know nobody that's blood to me, um, around me. My, I have clients, right? We have, I have an accountability group and my clients are more family to me sometimes than my actually, my actual fucking family themselves. It's not really, that's the thing, right? It's because you just have to get around people that really, hold you accountable and that's on your level of elevation like my mentor my mentor was Watson right his parents I mean they just lately like I recently just knocked on his door try to fight him and shit I mean but he, he doesn't care right because we're in a group that of accountability and around people that hold each other accountable and on that same level of elevation and everything on the same frequency because once you get around people, like I said, your vibe attracts your tribe that are on the same wavelength as you. That is your family, ultimately. Like my client, for example, me and him do check-ins and shit. And we're like family because any problem he has is always open to me. I'm always there for him no matter what. Like I post on my Instagram every single day because that's family to me. Every single day. I haven't missed in like 540 days going. I post everything mm -hmm. get free value. I haven't missed a 2.30 or 3.45 a.m. wake up in two years. I haven't missed a workout in two years because, like I said, that's family to me. My followers, they're there watching me every day. They're saying, messaging me that they're, I'm their reason, their daily motivation, their daily reason why they keep going. And that, to me, is really fucking family because... Like the people in my program, I'm there 24 seven. I am their family. I'm a father figure to some people, even though I'm 18, I'm a father figure because of all what I've overcome for the wisdom I gained throughout what I've overcame and how I'm there for them. I'm there for them more than any fucking body else in their life. Because if you change somebody mentally and physically, and if you're there for them 24 seven accountability, then you will change their life more than any 
family member they've had, any teacher they've had, because you've taught them more than anything they could ever know is growth. You've taught them how to overcome their worst self and to construct a better one. And that's why I go around preaching my program, man, because that's what saved my life. And I have to give that on to others. And that's why we're all like family, because I teach them what works for me to get physically right, ultimately getting mentally right and doing like week weekly check-ins and accountability that you express your problems and everything. And we go over them and shit like that. And that means the world to some people. And that means the world to me because I need that. And that's what I teach to solve other people's problems because that's all that works. Any problem in the world that causes depression or anxiety, this is what fucking works. Like, I'm supposed to be dead, like, twice, dude. And then the only thing that worked for me was giving to others what I wish to, to get in return to myself. Getting physically, mentally, mentally right. The moment I got my nutrition, macros, and training right and got into a group of people that are like family, that's when my whole life changed. Wow, and that happened inside the mental hospital? No, no, that happened outside. I created a group outside, like online. Ah, uh, okay, okay. You mean social media stuff, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 man. That's amazing. Um, yeah, for me, it's in person. You know, I, I might just be because I'm older or whatever, but, like, to me, social media seems so fake, dude, like, and empty and like I realize it's not for a lot of people and I have a hard time adapting to it you know what I mean and um I I have accounts and stuff and I used to do music I'd like to get back into my music someday but I had a good following for my music a long time ago and lost all that I had some shit that went down in my life and kind of got fucked up and everything like that you reminded me of it actually while you were talking about those 22 guys um I had uh 15 MS-13 members coming over my fence, coming to break in my house and hurt me. Like, uh, that's what happened to me, man. And so, like, uh, I used to have a marijuana grow house in California. And um, these guys, uh, I was friends with one of them, so I thought. And um, they ended up, you know, not treating me like a friend. And so they did a home invasion on me and broke into my house and tried to get me and blah, blah. And then they came back the next day and like, it was even worse. And then, you know, put a couple of them in jail. Then I realized I'm not safe. And like, that was right after my grandma died. So it was even, you know, it was like everything just fell apart, man. And that's how I got to leave California though. Um, so it was a blessing in disguise. Actually, I got to leave that crazy place, but um, you know, yeah, man, like, um, I don't know, dude, I think sometimes life can throw you curveballs and really throw you off track, man. How do you, how do you come back, you know, swinging from that? Do you think? Right. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what I say. That's why I'm like family to them because no matter what happens in my fucking life, everybody in my life can die right now. And I will still get up at 2:30 AM, do my wake up post, do my morning post, everything, nothing in my life affected me like it used to because of my program. And that's, like I said, why I teach it all the time, because I, if you have a morning process that really constructs that mindset and raises your frequency for the rest of the day, bringing like your most positive self to everyone else around you, then you're, you know, you'll construct a way different mindset towards everything. And I use all the tools that I learned throughout my times of adversity 
to every time that I am going negative or when a problem happens or arises, I know how to get rid of that low negative state and get into a higher one because I've done it time over time again for myself and I've done done it time over time again for other people and it works every single time. Like it's the same shit that I teach in my program. That's what saved my life. And so it doesn't matter what happens. I will still get up for my people. And when I say my people, I mean my clients and my people that listen to me and that say I'm their daily motivation. That's my people. Like that's family to me, you know. So like if you were depending on my message, my on Instagram and that's and yeah, social media, sometimes it's fake. But the shit I do is isn't fake. Like there's a part of it. Of course, that's not, you know, like you will not see me fucking miss not one post, not anything, because I know somebody's life is dependent on it and I'm not going to miss for them because I'm family to them. You know what I'm saying? So if if you like I said, if Todd was was dependent on my message, I'm not fucking missing because I know it's he's dependent on it. So he's, 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 he's getting my word for it. And I'm keeping my word to him. Like I'm not missing. Mm. And how much of your existence is spiritually or religious motivated? Like, are you, do you consider yourself a Christian today or like how, how does your mind work along those lines? Yeah. Well, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I just report above. Like I don't exist in my own body. John Kimball. I, all I believe is that I'm a vessel. And an offering from above. So I operate from a higher frequency. So I listen deep into my conscience. Like my conscience is the authentic voice of God. So I just listen to that. Whatever it is up there that people believe in, that's like whatever that feeling is, there's something, right? I, ultimately, of course, I believe in God because I mean, I believe if you've seen and been through some shit, you will, you know, like believe that there's something higher up there. So I believe in a, something of course a higher power and i just operate from that like i don't know it, i don't read the bible or nothing like that but i just operate from my conscience that's very that. cool and the reason i ask is you clearly are living to help other people and that's really powerful man and you know um i mean i i don't know if it's the same kind of thing i guess it's very similar but to me i always seem to do better when i have something to care about and someone to care about and it sounds like you found that in what you do um let's just uh throw that out there so that we can kind of talk a little bit about it um tell us exactly what you do and what the name of your business is well, yeah it's kimball fit and of course that's what the whole purpose of that is it's tying it to a greater purpose because people are like oh i want to get abs or oh i just want to get more toned like no you don't motherfucker like there's a deeper problem like there was a lady that came to me she was like um 50 something she was old older lady and she was like she just wanted to get toned but i always try to have deeper conversations with people because i i know ultimately that's not really the reason like that's the baseline reason so i asked her like what really made you start this and then she started getting into deeper shit, like how her ex told her something and then her confidence level just dropping. And then she just hated her body when she looked in the mirror and all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's why. So we really got into that. And then that's, that's all I do because I've been through so much shit and caused so much pain to people that I just feel like I have to give back. So that's all I, that's going to be the job for the rest of my life. I don't even consider it as a job is to get up each and every day and to just give all my all to others and kimball fit is the name of my business that i run i mean my instagram is kimball underscore fit and my website kimballfit.com that's that's all it is i have a a 
mid-level program it's like 10 bucks a day it's like 300 a month 750 for three months 2000 for the year and that's the mindset training and nutrition program where we get you right mentally physically and like that's the weekly check-in calls the 60 minute live weekly group check-in calls where everybody discuss their problems and stuff like that and then i have an elite life level program it's 1500 for the month like 3000 for three months and that's where we really go deep into the problem where it's that somebody who's really struggling with an issue in their life like who's really addicted to alcohol or something like that and i know my worth because i've overcame that and i like i said i was i'm supposed to be dead i'm supposed to be in jail handcuffed all this stuff but i i'm not i'm still here and i'm still living and that's what that's why i'm preaching it because i am i'm so grateful to be here so i'm just giving it to others because that's what i live for wow brother yeah you're a smart smart young dude man i gotta hand it to you man i'm impressed i am impressed my depression turned with turned to impression (laughs) that's crazy um it's like it's like people's like it's ten bucks a day to change your fucking life. Like, like to for you to not look in that mirror and be proud of that motherfucker looking back at. That's what it is. It's ten bucks a day for that. And people spend a shitload of money a month on their stupid ass lift on their truck or something, and spend zero dollars on personal development. Like, and they're and they're wondering why they look in their mirror. Like, all unhappy and shit. Their kids looking at them all confused because they got tits as a man. And it's like, bro, yeah, like, you need to spend some goddamn money in personal development. Like, it's bad, bro. Like, you're validating yourself with an external source. Like, actually do some deep work internally. And I don't give a fuck about the money, dude. Like, I just give up solely just for others. But obviously, we have to make a living. And I know my worth. You wouldn't mow somebody's lawn for free, you know. So I know that this is so... I would charge way more than 300 bucks because I know that's how much it's worth. It's worth a shitload because it gets everybody right, you know. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Wow. Uh, Wow. Yeah, you've got an interesting future to look forward to here, bro. It's good that you're doing this at such a young age. Um, as you grow and everything, and I mean, you're already on track, dude, like you're on point and everything, you know, where you're coming from, you know, where you're going, you know, where you're at and you have a solid grasp on reality. You're not living in a fantasy world, dude. So it's like the thing that'll happen next though, it seems with life, you know, is you'll gain more knowledge and experience over the next 10, 20 years. And that's going to make you even stronger. So, you know, that 300, you're going to add a zero to that, man. And uh, maybe a couple of zeros, you know. And I think that's I think that's definitely in your future. And quite frankly, you know, you're right. And just being able to navigate those waters and help people to understand what's going on and how to get out of their funk is huge. So, you know, I really got to hand it to you, man. Like, you're doing something really cool. I, I, I do look forward to seeing where this goes. And all that good stuff. Um, but let's, let's kind of get to fitness a little bit, bro. And and let's do it like this. Um, so I have a gym membership. I've been going pretty regularly. Um, I miss a day or two here and there. I just started a new job and uh, I'm trying to get in the groove there. It starts at six. So I've got to be up at five. It's hard for me to think about getting up at three in the morning, dude, but it does occur to me that that would be the best time to work out. 
Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I get up at 2.30. I'm in the gym by 4. Now, since my parents are coming with me, which is awesome, um, you know, I'm in the gym a little bit later, but it's to work out with them, so to get them better too. But yeah, man, I just get up early because I just told, I feel like it's a gratitude not sleeping in, you know, because I get up early and I'm really showing that I'm grateful for life. And that's when I do my morning reflection. I listen to something positive and it really far projects my mind into something positive if i didn't wake up with my morning process i'd probably go rob a house or kill myself again or try to kill somebody else like i'm honestly like that's the honest to god truth because that's how i have to have my progress in my i have that's why i can't miss i do not miss you know but yeah the fitness i mean really people like kill themselves in the gym you know but they don't know their macros you know and that's a huge part in a play into fitness is the nutrition like if you don't know your macros but year after year you're in the gym consistently you're not going to change there's people all the time that i see i've been seeing two years they look the same every single day but yeah definitely getting up earlier i mean is obviously way better because you don't have to worry about it throughout the day especially if you have a job you know you're not in your job like oh shit i gotta work out this evening you know you already did it in the morning it's already done it's knocked out Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just means I'm going to have to go to bed at like 7 o'clock at night. That's the only thing, man. What time do you go to bed? Oh, it just depends. If I don't pass out like on accident, like fall asleep on accident, it's probably around like 10 or 11. Wait a second. And you're up at 2.30? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just I, this is what happens, right? I cannot, my eyesight is fucked because of how much I'm on my phone. I can't be far worth anything. I used to have really good eyesight, but these past days, it's just horrible now. But I don't even care because I, like, I, I fall asleep. I wake up at, like, 12. I text people back that's in the DMs that need my help. I fall back asleep. I wake up at 2.30. I text people back. Like, that's just always on my phone because I don't care. I don't exist within John. I just live for others, and that's all I do. Like, honestly, like, I just... Like, I'm on my phone every second of the day. In class, I'm on my phone texting people <laughs> that need my help. And then at, at night, I'll pass out, wake up in the middle of the night, text them. I mean, that's all I do. So, Well, how, how do you get enough rest, man? You can't live on three hours of sleep. Well, I just don't. I just exist. I, I don't exist within that. I just elevate past it. And that's why my program is so strong, because I transcend myself to where I don't even need it. Like, I, I don't even need that. Like, when I'm cutting, I eat no carbs at all because, not saying everybody needs to because that's not the way, but I do it because I just want to inflict so much adversity on myself where I get in such a high-frequency state that I'm existing in the needs of others instead of the wants of myself. Interesting. And you mentioned this a couple of times. Um, could you describe the high-frequency state and how to enter it? Yeah, well, like I said, intense physical action, right? If you mm -hmm. get on the floor, if you do a shitload of push-ups the moment you're desiring that snack or something, you will not feel like it after. If you do some burpees, some goddamn burpees, you know, and then you'll get your heart rate elevated, and then you won't desire, have any of them desires or anything. You know, I, I've mastered myself so much to this point where I know exactly how to restructure my mind if I do desire stuff. So that's one of the ways... Um, having conversations like this, giving to others what you wish to receive in your in yourself, like I say, that's another way. And 
doing that self-talk, like talking to yourself. Like instead of saying, oh, I'm hungry, be like, no, this is what fat loss feels like. Like I'm going to fucking kill it. Like this food I'm eating, it doesn't suck. Like this is going to get me ripped, you know. That puts you in a... Very cool. Wow. And, um, you know, I've heard of, uh, you know, yogis and uh, monks and different people on a spiritual level, you know, that can exist without sleep and uh, that sort of thing. And some people that uh, apparently can exist without food, you know, for like years. And, um, you know, I guess that's the same kind of thing, right? Like where you're just on another level, but I mean, how does that work living in the modern world and you're still stuck with your technology? If you're glued to your phone, how do you separate yourself to access that spirituality? Like, I'm just wondering, how does that work? Because that is my spirituality. Like, I'm on my phone all the time texting people back because they need my help. So, like I say, like giving to others what you wish to receive. I give, like if I'm feeling lonely, I give, I, I go help somebody else who is lonely or depressed or whatever. Like... I'm on my phone all the time, not because I'm scrolling. I never, I never scroll. All I do is I give my clients like, you know, whatever they need, uh, like change their programming and stuff. I do that or I'm working on my edits and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm DMing people back are always in the DMs like that's, and that puts me in a high frequency state. And if I'm not doing that, I'll take a break, like rest my eyes and then do some burpees or something and all of that. It just realigns me back to my purpose. And, and yeah, the gym, going back to that, like, no, like, I don't make, make people come in the program, like, okay, you get no sleep, you have to wake up at this time, you get no food, and you have to work out until you, like, no, no, that's not, you know, obviously, it's like, if, if I tell them to get up earlier, it might be like 30 minutes earlier, the first, or whenever they're comfortable with, like, like, getting up, if they're not really struggling too much, it's like work out whenever you want to, you know, if that's in the mid-level program. And then I give them a workout for them, whatever they can do, they can. And then uh, a meal plan structured to their body composition, not mine. Oh, that's cool, man. Wow, so fascinating. Um, so just for fun, you know, I'm, I'm learning about eating right. To be honest, it's been, uh, you know, probably too long in my life where I didn't really think about it as much as I should. But now that I'm working out, I'm actually seeing the results of working out. I swim a lot and I'm starting to hit the machines more, which is great. And I'm loving it, dude. I especially like working my chest and my arms and back and uh, abs and stuff. That's my favorite. And I'm still losing some gut weight. But I've lost like a good 10, 12 pounds at least um, in the last few months, you know, and uh, I enjoy it. You know, it's like I'm not beautiful yet, but like I look in the mirror and see that gut a little bit smaller and start to see like my 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 tits aren't soft as much anymore. And like there's muscle in there, bro. And it's like I can feel it and all that stuff. Um, what do you suggest for a diet, you know, in terms of maintaining weight, um, you know, loss and uh forward momentum on uh, muscle development what what kind of things would you recommend for people wanting to keep that straight and obviously mcdonald's is not part of the equation man yeah so, you know. of course <laughs> that's where people get it messed up it's like they have to go on this strict rigid diet and everything i'm like no man just if you can fit it in your macros i mean ultimately of course with my program i preach eating healthy because it aligns the mind with the body and it aligns you with the greater purpose and everything but i'm like hey if you're out with your family and you go or you're with your friends or something, and you go eat, like, Joe's barbecue or some shit, 
Like you can fit it in the macros. You can have that if you want. And usually for people cutting, I'll do you guess this is where people get messed up. They'll do body weight protein. I'm like, no, do lean body mass protein. Like I get them on their lean body mass protein because we don't want to feed the extra fat. And I'll normally do body weight carbs and then maybe like 40 to 60 grams of fat, just filling the rest with fat. And that, you know, I cut their calories about 250 to 500 until they hit a plateau. When they hit a plateau, reduce it another 250. And I never induce cardio until they hit a plateau or they just love cardio and i'm like oh well cool just do cardio then that's fine and then i structure something for them and the same thing for weight gain i mean i'll do body weight protein at that point and then maybe like 240 grams of carbs fill in the rest with fat increase their calories by 250 to 500 until they hit a plateau then increase it again i recently just went on a cut i lost like 26 pounds in 30 days and then i'm bulking up again and i just gained 11 pounds in a week because i mean that's because i understand my body and, and i just i can't do that but in my actually my buddy i helped him out with his nutrition and that's a crazy transformation he had he was like 199 and now he's like 147 and um when we got that dialed in for him and everything and that's because when you're consistent and stick to the meal plan and what i say to do then you're gonna get the results better and quicker than you even thought you were and that's just is what it is it's just you gotta fucking like stick to it consistently you know because and yeah the meal plan is important because like i say there's people in the gym that are in there consistently like two years straight look the same mike's because your nutrition's off you know wow bro um Okay, just a little heads up. We've got about uh, 12 minutes or so left. Um, we can go over a minute or two or whatever we need to, but I want to just cover a couple other things. Um, what would you say makes a person a better person? What would you say you know, to somebody that's like, man, I want to be a better person? How do they do that? Well, they do it by running right into what's ailing the most, like running into what's hardest for you and not so much adding things to your life like i say like adding these all these special positive habits but taking away the negative ones like if you're eating shit just fix that you know if you're waking up sleeping in just fix that like it's just running into what's hardest for you because ultimately when you run away from the problem instead of looking for the solution when you run away from the problem and try to seek an external source for an internal problem through instant gratification which only magnifies that problem and puts you further away from the solution which is seeking deeper within and really tackling that problem then that's what really works you know i mean that's what i preach all the time is to do daily disciplines get one percent better every day that like i say eventually add up at the end of the year but it's just running into what's hardest for you instead of running away from it because all the solutions to our problems exist within us but people just are not honest with themselves and then they try to run away from it through all these vices and addictions well not only that but it, it's a lot of mind fucking i call it you know and like your mind just gets fucked sometimes and you know we tend to believe things that are not true and sometimes emotions develop you know crazy thoughts and those 
thoughts turn into action. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. action, you know, bad stuff. Yeah, it's negative narratives. But if you're always progressing in the present moment towards something like a greater purpose for yourself, improving yourself, then you'll never go into that past regressions or forward anxiety of that victimized mindset or those negative narratives that you make up inside your mind, you know. So let me ask you this. What's your best advice to overcome depression? If that's the, if that's your worst thing, like for me, I think that's honestly the biggest struggle I have is depression. Like how would I, how would I eliminate that? Cause man, it, it's all consuming sometimes. Like, how do you get out of that? Is it a matter of working out and learning to love yourself and starting to see, you know, the person become better in the mirror or is it more than that? Yeah, well, well, I had depression like that, extremely bad. Like I said, it, the, that compassion really didn't work for me because the depressed person is always selfish as fuck. It's the most selfish people on the planet because they're always worried about themselves and their own emotions. I'm like, like talking to myself like this. I'm like, dude, get off the fucking couch. Like, like, look, I like I said, I looked at myself. I called myself on what I was doing wrong. I was being honest with myself. I was saying. This is not about you. This is about other people. You're bringing this low ass energy to everyone through your job and all of this. Like, it's not about you, you know, and that depression is all just a very selfish mindset. Like me, me, me. Like, no, it's not about you, motherfucker. Like, get up and improve yourself daily through working out. And like I said, the law of polarity, once you experience that low of depression, you'll experience an extreme high once you then do work on yourself consistently, little by little every day. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's really uh, very insightful, man. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. because depressed people's self-talk is horrible. All throughout the day, it's plaguing them. And I'm like, no, like, like that's how I was. I was just looking down on the ground every second. Just could not stand myself. And you can tell that people are annoyed with you because you're just as depressed Dude, and when people, somebody came into my DMs actually talking about how he was depressed. And I was like, and I was just telling like, like, dude, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, depression, you're a man talking about depression, bro. Like, just do it already. Kill yourself if you're going to kill yourself. Just like, I would respect you more if you actually stuck to your word. And then, because that's what helps people. And they ultimately always come back because like, damn, bro, you're right. And then they change themselves because... That's, that's what's needed. You can't talk to a depressive person all compassionate because that's how they talk to themselves all day. Yeah, I guess that's right, man. But there is a lot of truth to that, no question. So, so how do you get motivated? What do you think the secret is to getting motivated, especially if you're stuck in a funk or whatever, you know? Right, yeah. Well, I say this. I say I always create that version of myself that I want to be. So I, I'm like, John, okay, like he's disciplined non-negotiable he gets things done no matter how he's feeling like you know i write that down in my mind like that's how who i want to be like this is the energy i want to bring to my people okay how do i get there oh i do it through these habits i do those habits that takes discipline at the start and then which then i get results that motivate me to keep going so the results really motivate me because of the discipline that i put forth through the daily habits and that's what motivates me. It's the results I get from it. And then, of course, cool. of course, others is my daily motivation of how I can give back to others. Like, that's why they say that I'm their daily motivation. And then that gives me motivation. Because I'm like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Because I'm giving out what I wish to receive. And then there we go. I get it back in return. 
Absolutely. Yeah, man. Talk about living with a sense of purpose and passion. You really got it. Uh, you got it locked in pretty good, young man. Exactly. <laughs> thing, bro. It's like, it's like when people would try to do this by themselves, you know, like I had, I actually had used the internet as a tool for my source of like a coach and a mentor and um, my own problems mentored me, but that's what helped me out. Like if you could do it by yourself, you've already would have done it by now. You know what I'm saying? And that's why getting, like you said, when people, when you're, when you're, especially when you're alone, you know, and a good mentor with an accountability group is good to get in because they always hold you accountable. And then you have that consistent feedback. You know, you always have that person that's holding you accountable and you're like, shit, this guy's dependent on me, you know, and then they already supply all the results and the blueprint for you. You know, they're there to also give you motivation and push you forward towards it as well. And that's always a big step, too. Very cool, man. Very cool. So um, just out of curiosity, have you thought about writing a book? Yeah. Uh, everybody's everybody's asked me that so far. I, I sh Yeah. <laughs> I think so. And with AI and whatnot, it makes it even easier, dude. You can use AI to do, you know, things... And not to spit it all out, but to help you make it into a book and expand upon your existing knowledge. Um, there is a cool tool. I don't know if you're aware of it, but there's um, one AI program that I think is really interesting and I like using it. Um, it's called personal.ai. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, bro, you got to put this on your list and check it out on your computer or your phone or whatever. But personal.ai and I got nothing to do with this thing but like I just think it's kind of neat um, and, and it also sucks at the same time AI is a great thing in some ways but it really takes away from some of the human experience in others and this is a perfect example of how that happens so what it does is it has like um, you know it's like a think of it as an empty brain and so in that brain you say like I want to program Todd so let's say Todd, you know, Todd, the AI now has a personal side and a business side and you feed it all this information. So like, I'll tell it things like I want, I like pizza and I like sunsets and I like to go ride my motorcycle. I like to do this. I like to shoot guns. You know, I care about people. I love animals. And on the business side, I like web development. I'm a web developer and I like making music, and I like helping people with different problems. I like consulting. And so you feed it with all this information, man, and believe it or not, what it does is it'll actually go and uh, post and also respond to all your social media shit, and it'll even do emails and texts from what I understand. It's fucking crazy. So you can program it with all your thoughts and your ideas and your visions and your passions, and that motherfucking AI will go out and interact with the world as though it was you. Yeah. Is that ridiculous or what? Is. The only thing about that, I mean, I've always saw that, but I'm like, is that all? Like, is that authentic? Like, I just... Like, because if I wrote a nope. book, I would, I know it's AI and it is you, but I mean, I would still write that shit like me, you know, just me. Of course. But I don't, totally agree. That That is, that is cool, man. But I'm, I just, I don't know, man. It's all thing. Yeah. I just wanted to share it with you just because it's kind of a neat thing. It's yeah. Kind of weird. And, you know, it's like, I, I think your approach is better, but like, um, you know, back in the day when my music was, uh, hopping, you know, I was, uh, 
there, there, there was this website called MySpace, and it's way before your time. Um, but MySpace, it's probably still out there, but it's all hip-hop and R&B now. But back in the day, it was like the original Facebook, and it was really bitching. And um, I was doing really well, and they had a maximum of like 300, 300 friend requests every day. And so like every morning, I would get up and spend like three or four hours <clears throat> just fielding friend requests, and I would have a maxed out 300 every day. And for every one of those friend requests, I would take the time to write a message to each one of those people. And that really helped me build my brand. And honestly, man, now that I think about it from talking to you and stuff, it kind of reminds me, I had a very similar sense of purpose back then that I've, I've lost touch with for some reason. So I need to find my way back to that brother. Cause like for me, like my, my real passion in life is making music and making people feel good with my music. I have a band called electric sex and uh, you should check it out sometime. You might like it. It's on SoundCloud electric sex official. And, um, you know, it's, uh, probably the deepest part of my existence, man. But I always kind of felt like, you know, music is the thing that makes it so people can come together, but it also can heal you. It can inspire you. It can give you a sense of feeling and comfort and energy and all that shit. So like, that was my thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is, it's the purpose. That's awesome though. Because I mean, once you realign yourself back with that, you know, your purpose, like music, like you said, bringing people together, then all that will cure many things in your life that you're dealing with, of course, because that's what did it for me too, was the purpose. Like Todd, if we got Todd in the program, right, work on his daily habits and his purpose, realigning him back with that, that would ultimately cure any fucking depression or anxiety that Todd would have, you know, and that's the thing. And you're right, like that purpose uh music when i got back into mine that's what saved mine my life yeah brother absolutely man do you make music too no no i don't oh okay cool i just thought you know yeah um you you probably should i mean why not man you know <laughs> couldn't hurt learn how to play the guitar or bass or drums or some shit you know? my mom always i mean to to do that take guitar lessons and stuff she wanted me to be that but i was like oh yeah you gotta you gotta have a feel for it i guess and for me it was playing in bands in college oh, yeah. like i used to play bass and stuff back in the day and then i got into electronic music and like for me that's way better and you know i can do everything all by myself in a music studio i don't need anybody so you know it's like that took the place of playing bass <laughs> that was it um so john you know i always like to ask everybody this question and we, we kind of had a different interview than i do with most people but is there anything that might be on your heart or in your mind or whatever that you would like to share that we didn't get to in this interview today is there anything that's uh rolling around in that brain of yours um that you'd like to throw out there that we didn't hit on yet no the only thing man is i know i'm 18 right but there's people that's 30 40 50 years old, that their habits are not aligned with the body and mind they want. Obviously, I've been through some shit. I did that. I drank um, pop pills, did all of that, rested, uh, psych wards, and ultimately, the moment I reconstructed my habits and got them aligned with my body and mind at 18 years of age, that constructed me to the father I wanted to become, to the future husband I wanted to be, and then some of these men out here that are like 50, 60, 20, 30, whatever, 
their habits aren't aligned and they're still acting like that kid, that 18 year old, average 18 year old mindset. And that's just crazy to me, you know? Sure is, man. And is there any last words of advice you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, daily disciplines. I mean, that's what I live by. Daily disciplines every single day, 1% better that you plant them little seeds that grow over time. Eventually something huge at the end of the year. Absolutely. And never give up, right? It's all about tenacity and perseverance. Oh, hell yeah. Consistency, 100%. Showing up every day for you. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think we live in a world where sometimes we live for other people or whatever. That's why social media kind of turns me off. It's like, uh, in my mind, it's like people are doing everything for, for, um, you know, like, uh, like, um, you know, image instead of substance, you know, that's how I see it. But in your case, not at all. And so like, I think it's important to remind people that living for yourself and Focusing on you is more important than trying to impress someone else, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Because, I mean, if you love yourself, then, you know, you'll love others. Absolutely. It sure makes a difference. Right on. Mr. John Kimball, you have been uh, quite a guest, actually. You're my second youngest guest. You want to know how old the, the youngest one was? No, I <laughs> Fourteen. And, uh, yeah, dude, you should check her out on my website, uh, toddcastshow.com. And, um, man, I'll tell you what, this girl, uh, she wrote, uh, I think 12 novels. Like, uh, she wrote a whole bunch of really good books, like fantasy books and mm-hmm. all the artwork and everything. And she's really talented, man. Like, uh, 14 years old. Her name was Shanti. I remember Shanti is her name, but dude, I was just blown away, man. And, and 14 years old and writing 12 different books, dude. And Man, what a future she's got. So you two should connect and talk. <laughs> oh, you could uh, make a good couple probably. Um, yeah, I think she's older now. And she's probably getting closer to your age, but yeah. you'll still have to wait a little while. <laughs> you know. So listen, I appreciate you being on the show, John Kimball. And for those listening, um, go to Kimball Fitz, built K-I-M-B-L-E-F-I-T.com to check out John Kimball's website and on Instagram, it's Kimball, K-I-M-B-L-E underscore fit. And uh, this young man will set you straight no matter how old you are or how young you are. Your your wisdom is uh, remarkable. I have to tell you, John, I really do admire what you've uh, demonstrated here in this last hour. I thank you for that. Oh, of course, man. Like I said, I believe in age and wisdom, not numbers. I've had clients 50 plus. And like I said, it's just what i've been through and overcame the law of polarity is just awesome absolutely i just want to thank you for being on the show and sharing with our guests and maybe we can connect again and do another uh interview i like to do part twos every now and then and you're definitely someone i'd like to do a part two with sometime of course man hell yeah right on brother thanks again for being on the show oh no worries appreciate you for having me uh my pleasure brother Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out 
toddcastshow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.